We're beginning a series on the book of Proverbs today, and Proverbs is wisdom literature, so we're going to be looking at what wisdom is and how we can have wisdom in our own lives. I'm going to look at three different uh, things about wisdom from this passage. First off, wisdom's function, second, wisdom's foundation, and third, wisdom's invitation. First, wisdom's function. Wisdom's function is to guide us to understand how life works. We are to learn, as a child learns from his or her parents, how to live in the world, how to live productive lives, how to live good lives, and wisdom teaches us that. There are synonyms for wisdom here in this passage. We find in verse 2 the word instruction and the word insight, and then in verse 3 the word prudence. The word instruction uh, is from a Hebrew, that, Hebrew word that means depth of character, so that you know what is good and you do what is good. You choose things because they are right. So it's knowing what is right and then doing what is right. The second is insight, seeking, seeing distinctions that others miss. That really means knowing what is. Uh, knowing what is, and not just in a, a simple way, but in a deeper way. I had someone tell me once, um, Jim, I, I'm a black and white thinker. I see things in black and white, yes or no. There's no gray for me. And I said to him in my mind, <laughs> Well, that's great if everything is black or everything is white. But when there is nuance, we should be able to see the nuance. And for him, I believe he was choosing to live a life that was simpler than wisdom would dictate. He lacked insight, unfortunately. Then there's prudence. This is the practical, strategic. This is the way to bring goals into reality. Insight plus foresight. Knowing how to make things happen. So if instruction is knowing what is good, and insight is knowing what is, prudence is knowing what will work. And all parents would want their children to learn how to be good, to learn what the world actually is like and how to live within that world in ways that, that work for them. Now, wisdom literature is fun. Uh, Proverbs, you can read through it and you will find all kinds of advice. And a lot of people read it as just a list of true sayings. And there is truth in all of the sayings, but the, it's not as simple as that. The book of Proverbs is positive wisdom. So the book of Proverbs, Proverbs says how things are supposed to be, how things should be, how things normally will be. But then the Bible also contains the book of Job, which says this is how things can be, and a very good man had a very difficult life. So there is the negative side of wisdom too, that things don't always work the way um, the, the positive wisdom of Proverbs tell us that it should. And then there's also the book of Ecclesiastes, which is the very philosophical understanding of wisdom of life and how things don't always work the way that you would hope that they would. But Proverbs, again, is the positive side. 
But even in Proverbs, it's not simple. My, two of my favorite verses in Proverbs are right next to each other from chapter 26. Listen carefully. Verse 4. Do not answer a fool according to his folly, or you yourself will be just like him. Verse 5. Answer a fool according to his folly, or he will be wise in his own eyes. Did you hear that? Don't answer a fool in his folly, or you'll be just like him. Answer a fool in his folly, or he'll be wise in his own eyes. Now, I got to say, I love those verses, especially um, when I'm perusing comments on articles or looking through social media posts, and I think, oh, I want to say something. And a lot of people do say something, and they uh, take the advice of um, the second part of the second verse here, verse 5, answer a fool according to his folly or he will be wise in his own eyes. The problem is, most of the time, the earlier verse is more true. Don't answer a fool according to his folly, or you will, yourself will be just like him. The problem is, a fool in his folly likes his folly more often than not. And that's part of what wisdom is teaching us not to be fools. And throughout this passage and throughout the book of Proverbs, you will find the word fool. Because... We are called not to be fools. But the problem that we have, especially in the world today, is that we don't understand what wisdom is, so we don't understand what foolishness is, so dare I say, foolishness prevails. More often than not. And that is a very sad state of affairs. And a big part of the problem, a big part of the reason for that is, Wisdom's foundation has been lost, and the foundation of wisdom has found in verse 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of understanding, uh, excuse me, the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of understanding. Elsewhere in Scripture says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. In other words, we have to understand who we are as creatures who have been created by a creator. And that creator is the one to whom we answer. And now look at here. It, it says the fear of the Lord. And we say, well, I don't think it's good to be afraid of God. And I would say, mm, I think it is. <laughs> but we have to understand what that fear means. I love a thunderstorm. I love to sit on a porch and watch a thunderstorm. But let me tell you something. I'm not going to go run out into that thunderstorm, and I'm especially not going to hold a big metal rod in my hand during a thunderstorm. I love the power of a thunderstorm, but I'm not going to ask that thunderstorm to smite me, to strike me. And I think that's how it, it it's not a great illustration, but it's a decent illustration of our relationship with God. God is powerful, powerful beyond our imagination. God can do us great harm if God chooses to do that. But God is good. And we, we are sheltered in the, under the protection of God's own wings. We are sheltered under the protection of the completed work of Jesus Christ, those who are in Christ. So we can come to this powerful God with awe, with respect, with a degree of fear, because we know how powerful he is. But 
there's also an, a, a very important uh, understanding of what fear is, and I think that's best um, explained in, in human relationship. Let's say you do something very foolish, something that betrays a dear friend or your spouse, and you are afraid. You are afraid to approach that friend or your spouse because of what you have done. And there are two ways you can be afraid. The first is that you're afraid of what that person will do to you. The revenge that that person might mete out on you because of what you have done. Now that's the kind of fear that we should not have with God because of God's grace, because of what God has done for us. But there's a second kind of fear that you would have in that situation. You would have the fear of disappointing that loved one, the fear of hurting that person you love so much. And when they find out what you have done, they could be deeply pained, deeply hurt. And you don't want that. So you fear them in that. And that, I think, is a better understanding of why, of how we fear God. We do not, if we truly understand who God is, and we truly understand what, who God is for us, we will not want to disappoint God, and therefore we will fear God. And this understanding of God's power and God's, um, he could mete out vengeance upon us, but thankfully, we are confident that he will not, but he could. And the desire not to disappoint God all come together in this uh, understanding of what fear is. And it's, it's awe, it's reverence, and it's a desire to please God. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of understanding because we have to first understand that we are creatures. We owe our existence to God. So it, we must understand who we are relative to God. And also that means that truth, truth, wisdom, understanding come from outside of ourselves. Uh, Proverbs uh, chapter 8 Wisdom again, and we'll look at wisdom speaking later on in, in what we're going to look at today. But here, wisdom, a, a female character in scripture, is speaking and said, The Lord brought me forth as the first of his works before his deeds of old. I was formed long ago at the very beginning when the world came to be. In other words, wisdom existed before creation. Wisdom is set in a sense. It's not, it's outside of ourselves. It's not something we create as we go along. And that's the problem of post-modernity. It was a problem in modernity as well, that we we have philosophically in our culture and in, around the world started to believe that truth happens within me. We say, follow your heart, trust your gut. And, and we, we say that's what wisdom is. But wisdom is not getting in touch with yourself. It's getting in touch with the truth outside of yourself and reorienting your life to that truth. C.S. Lewis said it, well, years ago. I didn't realize it was as bad uh, then as, uh, as it was in, in, in making this progress toward this individualism and this individual, individualized sense of what truth and wisdom is. But here, here's what he said in The Abolition of Man. 
For the wise men of old, the cardinal problem had been how to conform the soul to reality. And the solution had been knowledge, self-discipline, and virtue. Exactly what the writer of Proverbs is trying to get us to do. To conform our souls to reality and with knowledge, with self-discipline, and with virtue. Today, Lewis said, and again, it was over 60 years ago, we try to subdue reality to our wishes. And I would propose that much of the struggle we have in the world today, I would almost say most of it, has to do with the fact that we are trying to subdue reality to our wishes and our wishes are very individualized. So one group or one individual wants what they want and they try to subdue reality into what they want and another group wants what they want. And the problem is we don't look for the overarching truth that exists above all those individualized truths. Some of it, some of those individualized truths are in touch with that reality and some of them are far away from it. And for those who fear the Lord, they will understand that foolishness comes naturally. Wisdom is acquired. And what that means is that we have to search for wisdom. We have to retrain our natural impulses to go into line with what God has said and what, what is true, what is truly true, eternally true, not by measuring things by what we think might be true in our own hearts or what we want to be true. So wisdom, the character enters now as we move, uh, having skipped verses 8 through 19 and, and find ourselves at verse 20, out in the open wisdom calls aloud. She, she raises her voice in the public square. On the top of the wall, she cries out at the city great she, gate. She makes her speech. How long will you who are simple love your simple ways? How long will mockers delight in mockery and fools hate knowledge? In other words, wisdom is in the middle of the culture trying to get the people's attention and she is spurned time and time again. She is spurned by the simple. The simple are those who are immature. It makes sense for children not to fully understand, but some people stay simple far longer than they should. Others are mockers and fools. And these people are people who are stubborn. Um, Tim Keller said it's like the simple are those who are so focused on other people, they want to please other people, and therefore they don't think well, and they definitely don't try to please God. And um, this immaturity might be characterized by those articles you've seen maybe about groups of young people getting together uh, at a big party and then guessing who might get COVID-19 first. Utterly ridiculous. But the immature will be immature. Their brains are not, as we've learned, brains are not yet fully formed, so it does make some sense, although it's ridiculous, that this would happen. 
But for a person who has matured chronologically beyond that stage to stay in that stage where they're still only looking to please other people, measuring themselves against other people, that is a foolish thing to do. It is spurning wisdom. And then there are the mockers. How long will mockers delight in mockery and fools hate knowledge? Mockers and fools, the arrogant, those who refuse to hear. One Old Testament commentator said this, mockers and fools are the self-righteous, the opinionated, the stubborn, the hard to persuade. They despise correction. Another person said it this way, fools are often in error, but never in doubt. Friends, as I read that, I thought of some people. As I read that, you may have thought of some people. But that's not the primary point of reading it. It's easy to point our fingers at other people to say, yeah, that one's a that one's simple. <laughs> that one's a mocker. But point the finger back and ask yourself, how are you trying to please other people and therefore being simple? How are you proud? How are you, in what ways are you stubborn and not willing to hear? Not willing to try to understand different perspectives in those ways you may be a mocker or a fool. One preacher titled his sermon on this passage, What Kind of Fool Are You? And we all have foolishness, but the point of this passage is for us to examine ourselves and choose wisdom over foolishness. And both groups, if you're looking at other people, if you're looking at yourself, you're failing the primary rule of wisdom, and that is to look to God first, to realize that what you have is not the be-all and end-all, but what God has. God's understanding is far greater than ours. So why would we not seek to understand as God understands, and in God's grace, he has given us this book to guide us into wisdom, to guide us into understanding. The results of failing to find wisdom are a big part of Lady Wisdom's um, talk here. And it's summarized in verse 31. They will eat the fruit of their ways and be filled with the fruit of their schemes. In verse 32, for the waywardness of the simple will kill them and the complacency of fools will destroy them. Notice, that is not God giving an extra punishment to them. This, they are just reaping the results of life separated from God, life separated from wisdom, and those results are devastating. Folks, remember that the results of foolishness are devastating. Don't abide foolishness within yourself. But as verse 33 says, whoever listens to me, to wisdom, will live in safety and be at ease without fear of harm. Choose wisdom. 
choose to put God first and God will be with you. God will protect you. God will guide you. Amen.